I'm not sure how many of you are aware, but we've been, uh, our, our gospel readings during ordinary time have been from the Gospel of Luke. And so um, there's often sort of a continuation of previous themes. And last week, uh, last week's gospel spoke about the need to be persistent in prayer. Remember the Old Testament reading with Moses, they held his arms up and they were winning the battle. And then in the gospel, uh, the widow and the judge, right? The, uh, the widow kept going to the judge asking for what she wanted and he didn't care about her. He just wanted her to go away. So he answered her. And God said, I'm kind of like that except for I like you. Persistence in prayer. So today, for today's reading, gospel, we have a continuation of this theme about prayer. What prayer ought to be like, but most, more specifically, what ought to be our disposition in prayer. And so the Lord, as he does, he juxtaposes two people to make his point and kind of turns it upside down. Remember that everybody thought the Pharisees were the good, the good Jews. They'd be like the really, really good Catholics here among us. And if you're thinking it's me, well, I mean, if you're thinking it's you, then you've already missed the point. If you're thinking it's me, you missed the point too. But, but everybody would have thought, so, you know, the, the Lord is critical of the Pharisees for, for very good reasons. But for this to have really made a point, you know, the majority of the people would have had to have thought of the Pharisees as sort of, you know, better Jews than them. You know, really good at their religious observance. You know, the, the better among us, as it were. Otherwise, when he tells the story, it doesn't shock the way that it's intended to. And so people thought the Pharisees, you know, were, were good Jews. They did what they were supposed to do. And of course, everyone hated the tax collectors. Nothing has changed. So the t- and I've talked about that before. The tax collectors would, uh, well, they would do their job, but also to, you know, get ahead, they would just ask for more. Well, they didn't really ask. They would just coerce more money out of the people. They were not well thought of. And so we have this scene, and the Pharisee comes in and, and says, you know, Lord, this is how good I am. Let me tell you how good I am. I do all of these things. And thank you for not making me a sinner like that guy. And the Pharisee or the uh, tax collector comes in and stays way in the back. This is for all you people who sit in the back. He stays way in the back. He doesn't even look up. He just beats his breast. Oh God, have mercy on me, a sinner. He doesn't seek to justify himself. He doesn't seek to make excuses. He doesn't, you know, seek to to really do anything except for plead to God to have mercy on him. He knows he's a sinner. He knows that he's in need of forgiveness. That's the only prayer that he can muster. And of course, as we know, the Lord says that it's the tax collector who is justified, not the Pharisee. And again, this would have shocked everyone. Not the Pharisee, the tax collector? Are you kidding me? I was trying, you know, I was trying to think of a modern twist of this. You know, the tax collector, he's like the Republican. 
The tax collector, you know, he's kind of like the Democrat. Come on, jeez. You're all on to me now. I can't shock you. All right, the tax collector is like, I don't know, it doesn't matter. You get the point, right? You get the point that the tax collector is the person who is really bad and they know it. So I guess it wouldn't be a politician. <laughs> what am I thinking? No wonder that doesn't work. All right, so the tax collector is somebody who, who they're bad, they know they're bad, they know they're in need of mercy, right? The Pharisee is the good Catholic who's doing everything right. And he says all his prayers, he tithes enough. When he gets into the pew, he, he genuflects on the right knee, not the left knee, makes the sign of the cross, goes into the pew, kneels down because you have to kneel down for a certain period of time before you can sit down. We all know that. I'm just joking. But <laughs> in other words, they're, they're very concerned about doing everything right, and I do everything right, and if I do everything right, I'm going to go to heaven. And the Lord says, don't be so sure. That's not how it works. Which isn't to say they won't go to heaven. But that's not what the Lord is looking for. And that's not how it works. And the reason why is because the Pharisee was seeking, in a way, to perfect himself. You know, he kept talking about his own efforts. I'm doing this, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing this. Look at all the things I'm doing to be justified in your sight. And the Lord looks at him and says, essentially, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do to be justified. Because justification comes through God's grace alone. What you can do is recognize the reality of your state before me, says the Lord. Recognize the reality of who you are. You're a sinner, and you need mercy. So on one hand, we want to strive to do better, and we ought to. We should try to incorporate virtue, right? Try to improve the best that we can. But we always have to remember that it's always God's operation first. It's always God who gives us his grace that works within us to do anything that is good. It's always God who takes the first step in our life. It's always the operation of divine grace first. And, and ultimately, how could something imperfect make itself perfect? We need God to make us perfect. All we can do is submit to him. This is why the tax collector had it right. He knew he was a sinner. The Pharisee was a sinner too, but he didn't know. The tax collector knew. And you know, it's interesting how many times in the Gospels we hear about Jesus hanging out with the people who knew they were sinners. And he even said over and over, I don't have any time for people who don't know that they're sinners because I can't do anything for them. I can't do it. Who shows up to the doctor's office. Why are you here? Ah, I've been feeling really good. What do you mean? Well, I just feel great. You know, I've lost a bunch of weight. I've got all kinds of energy. Been eating well. I feel great. What do you want? Why are you at the doctor's? Why are you going to the hospital? You don't need a physician if you're well. There's no space, right? Going back to God, there's no space for him to dwell or fill. In the early church, um, 
there was a prayer taken from this passage called the Jesus Prayer. It's one of my favorite prayers. Prayer of the heart. It's especially uh, uh, prayed in, in the Eastern Church. I don't know if you've heard it, but I'm going to teach it to you. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. It's a very simple prayer. It's to be prayed over and over in the depths of one's heart, quietly and slowly, offering ourselves to our heavenly God, that he might have mercy on us. So we're going to pray that right now together, ten times. And we'll kind of quiet ourselves, just slow ourselves down. We ask our Heavenly Father to be with us, Holy Spirit to dwell with us as we pray. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Amen.